we have our Bible reading this morning. We're going to do things a little bit differently today. Darren's going to read from the Bible, and then we're going to hear the story again in different words. So sit tight. This morning's reading is taken from Matthew chapter 7, verses 24 to 27. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against the house. Yes, it did not fall, because it had its foundations on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rains came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against the house, and it fell with a great crash. This is the word of the Lord. The house on the rock. Here is a man. He is looking for a place to build a house. He climbs to the top of a big grey rock. Ah, here is a good place. The man begins to build his house. It is hard work. He puffs and he pants. He puffs and he pants and he grunts and he groans all day until the work is done. Just in time, he says. It looks like rain. The rain pours down, the lightning flashes, the thunder booms and the water washes round the house and splashes at the rock. The rock stays firm. The man was wise to choose the rock. Here is another man. He wants a house. I want it now. I want it quick. This place will do, he says. He builds his house down on the sand. This won't take long, he says, and whistles as he works. The house is done. He goes inside and shuts the door. A raindrop drips on his nose. Oh, dear. The rain pours down and the lightning flashes and the thunder booms. The water rushes through the house and splashes at his knees. The sand is washed away. His house falls flat. The silly man was wrong to build the house on the sand. Jesus says, I am like the wise man's rock. If you trust me, I will never let you down. This is the word of the Lord. So, very familiar story to so many of us. This is one of my favourite stories that Jesus told, probably because I was actually an architect before I did this. So I spent seven long years of my life learning how to build houses on rocks and sand, actually. I spent a lot of time thinking about journeys through spaces and imagining light as a 3D object and learning how to have a deep love for very highly expensive, pretentiously named Danish light fittings. (laughs) What I didn't actually learn much about was foundations. And that's really what we're going to be thinking about today. In this story, Jesus draws our attention to the fact that no matter how we construct our life, No matter what good job or good education, no matter what great exam results we achieved, no matter what financial security we've got, no matter what great family system we have to support us, suddenly something could come crashing down, the storm could hit, and it's the foundation everything is built upon that really counts. Each of our houses 
might look slightly different. But if we look carefully enough, there's similarities between each of us. It isn't so much about what we fill our lives with, the bricks of our house, but the foundation that really, really counts. Jesus says, if you listen to what I say and you build your life upon it, you'll find it to be a solid rock. It will be a great base for everything else you put into your life. As an A-level student, I studied philosophy and I had a Taoist personal tutor. I don't know if you know much about Taoism, but it's quite a challenge for a Taoist and a Christian to meet and agree on things. He would often challenge me to try and unpick some of the lies or some of the fluff that I might have picked up along the way. Really healthy conversations. He once challenged me to consider all of the aspects of my life and how each actually could easily be lost in a second. Um, He was quite a cheery fellow. So he would say things like, imagine you're hit by a bus. All of a sudden, you've lost your physical capabilities. Maybe you've had brain damage. Maybe you can't communicate anymore. Maybe you lose your long-term memory. Maybe you can't remember your name anymore. What is still you about you? Or perhaps you're stuck in a war-torn country. You have to leave home and become a refugee. You're leaving your cultural identity behind. Maybe you have to leave your language behind. Maybe you're leaving family members behind. What remains you about you? Perhaps the future is taken out of your control. Maybe it's something like redundancy that makes you question your value as a human. What can you give to the world? What, what, what can I bring? Maybe it's something like divorce. Maybe it's something like abuse that steals something away from you. What would remain you about you? Now, his purpose in that exercise was to get us all as students to think about how our identity, our sense of self, was largely surface level and superficial. He really wanted us to get to a point of feeling, actually, there's nothing about me that would test the strength of time. Nothing actually would live through triumph and tragedy. But fortunately for him, I always had another answer. Because no matter what he could strip from my life, no matter how many stories of tragedy he could make me imagine... I always came back to the fact that I am a child of God. As we've talked about Iona and welcomed her and celebrated that she's not only a child of this family and of our church family, but a child of God. And from the start, she has been loved by him. That's something that can't be stripped away by tragedy or triumph. So my response to him would always be, I'm a child of God. I'm made for a purpose. I'm made in the image of my creator and he delights in me and I am deeply loved. That was my rock bottom. When everything else was washed away in the storm, I was deeply loved and that was my foundation. I wonder what your rock bottom point would be. We're going to watch a short video clip now. I'll give Keith a few moments to get it ready. I'm sorry about the quality. It might be a bit grainy in places, but hopefully you can hear um, what's being talked about. We're going to hear a story of a man called Simon Thomas, who you probably will have seen on television in the last 20 years. And he's gone through a recent experience when the storm has hit his life. So let's have a watch. Simon has been telling me of the deep Christian faith which he and Gemma shared and how it's given him strength. 
Well, I think in the three days that we had after her diagnosis, it, it talks uh, in the Bible about that peace that passes all understanding. Do you know what? I've never really understood what that was. I just thought it was a kind of a, a nice place to be and you know, I feel peaceful. But actually, it's because you feel that sense of peace in almost the impossible situations in which to find peace. And in those three days where everything's coming at you, we're wondering what on earth acute myeloid leukemia is. We're wondering, you know, is she going to survive this? And all those kind of things are crowding on your mind. What it did is it gave me peace, even amidst the noise and the fear. And it gives me the hope that one day I'm going to see her again. And, you know, I know some people listening to this will go, oh, that's just a nice kind of emotional crutch that helps you in a time like this. But for me, it's real. The story of what Jesus did on the cross, that's what my faith is based on. And yet, at times, that's impossible to get your head around and to, to draw comfort from because you're thinking, how does that help me in the here and now? I've got how many more years left on this earth without Gemma? At times, I've literally been holding on by one finger to my faith because that gives the direction for everything else. It was the glue in our marriage, and it helps me in terms of how we and now me bring up Ethan. You know, it's the reference point for my life. This is a place that means a great deal to Simon. It's the church in Berkshire where he and Gemma worships together and to which he still belongs. I find being in here at the moment quite hard because my most immediate memory of this church is Gemma's coffin sitting up the front just a few weeks ago. And I'd, uh, with a couple of others, set up this men's group uh, months ago just to try and get men just to talk about some of the more deep stuff in life, to be there to support each other. This is before? Yeah, and I, I, I didn't realise when I set that up that the first biggest recipient of what that group was about was going to be the weeks after Gemma went. And that's where my support's come from, because that's what church is about. It is about community. And we sit down, we eat, we chat, we pray, we wrestle with some of the stuff that I'm wrestling with. When, when I've been hanging on by that one finger that I talked about, that's, that's what it's about. It's people gathering around you just saying, we haven't got the answers. When you can't pray, we'll pray for you and we'll pray with you. You made a series of promises to Gemma, mm. and one of them was that you wouldn't give up on your faith. Has that been easy? No, no. And I think that's why I promised it that, that day. She neared the end. And I remember the next day, and I was just sat in our lounge, and the, the sun was streaming in a bit like it is into the church now. And I said, God, I will not forsake you. I'm not going to give up on my faith. This is going to be the biggest, hardest test of my faith I'm ever, ever going to go through. And I've come close at times just saying, do you know what? I can't do this anymore. This feels like an episode of the Krypton Factor. I'm trying to find you, God, in all this, and I can't. It feels like you've gone quiet. He's not left my side. He has not left me. But you must have been angry with God. Yeah. I was really angry, and I still get angry at times now. I don't think... I'll probably ever really find out why what happened did. But yeah, I know God is beyond big enough to take my anger. He can take me shouting at him. You know, Jesus shouted at him on the cross. Why have you forsaken me? Where on earth are you, God? At the moment I need you most. And I've shouted at him like that. If Jesus can shout at him, I can do it as well. And he's big enough to take it. Is there a song that inspires you, particularly thinking about Gemma? Yeah, in Christ alone. We had it at our wedding, and now, inexplicably, 12 years later, I'm now including it, you know, in the funeral of my wife. What, what's happened? But I had to do it. I wanted to do it. And it's, there's, there's words of real power in there, in particularly about the resurrection, about the conquering of death, of Jesus rising again. And I just thought, it's got to go in.
So we actually missed the first couple of minutes of that video. So just to fill you in, um, in November, Simon's wife, Gemma, was diagnosed after going to the uh, doctor with a sore throat with acute myeloma, uh, myeloid leukemia. And three days later was dead. They have a little boy, Ethan, who is seven. And they are coming to terms with this complete change in the future of their landscape. Simon started his career as a Blue Peter presenter and then worked as a Sky um, Sports football pundit, so you may recognise him from that. Uh, but he and Gemma were people of deep faith and trying to come to terms with a change in their family and find God in the midst of that, find that sure, solid foundation in the midst of the storm is the journey he's on at the moment. And Simon's experiences are not unique. We may not all be affected by cancer, but so many of us will have moments in our life where something completely changes the landscape and we're left feeling topsy-turvy. My favourite part of the parable that Jesus told is one single word, and that's the word when. He says, when the storm comes you will find me to be a solid rock when the storm comes. Because we often think when we come and we have a happy morning on a Sunday together, we get confused. We think that means that actually life's going to be really good if we stick with this faith stuff. But that isn't the case. We know that's not the case. When the storm comes, what is your foundation? Because the storm is going to come. But having faith that we're loved by God doesn't keep us safe from that. It doesn't keep us safe from the tragedy. It doesn't keep us in financial security. It doesn't even guarantee us a happy marriage. But when the storm hits, what is our foundation? As many of you know, um, Adam and I lost a baby in November at 16 weeks. And for us, the hurricane hit. It really hit. And to be honest, we are still picking ourselves back up from that. Everything we dreamt of for our family, the future, looks completely different in a second. And as we held our perfect little boy in our arms, it was hard not to feel like something had gone desperately, desperately wrong. This does not feel like God's plan. It does feel a little bit like the whole house we'd built had been pulled apart brick by brick. And I'm still in a place, if I'm honest with you, of having a lot of questions. I'm very confused as to why and how life goes on in a different way. I'm still fighting to climb out of my own depression, and my faith is more nuanced than it was before. But I am rebuilding from the rock beneath my feet. I am a child of God. I am deeply loved by him. I was made for a purpose and he looks at me and delights in me. And that's a pretty good place to start when the storms have washed a lot of the rest of it away. So I want to leave you this morning with that question. We have welcomed Iona into our family today and we are promising to raise her to know that foundation beneath her feet. But are you sure of your foundation? Do you know what you stand upon? When the storm hits, do you know what will stand the test of time? Do you have a firm footing through tragedy and triumph? What holds fast? Heavenly Father, we thank you for your presence here with us. 
we thank you that you are a good, good Father. That when we put our trust in your words, when we obey your teachings, when we trust in your unfailing love, we find a rock beneath our feet. Would you come, Holy Spirit, and reignite in each of us that bit of us that is sure in you. Amen.